Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Richard Lorenzen of Fifth Avenue Brands. He is an American entrepreneur, investor, and speaker, and regularly cited as one of the most influential millennial entrepreneurs in the United States. He's been featured in CNBC, Forbes, Fox News, Business Insider, Adweek, PR Week, Inc. Magazine, Mashable, and many more. Richard, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. It's great to be here. All right. It's great to have you. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, so I, I started when I was really young. Uh, you know, I was I was in high school when I started my company. That was about 13 years ago now. Um, I was a 15-year-old kid. I was, I was a computer nerd growing up, so I was very interested in the internet, in technology. Um, and the way that we started, uh, kind of to back up a little bit, Fifth Avenue Brands were a public relations firm uh, based in New York City. So we helped clients with, with growing their brands. Um, we worked with financial companies, tech companies, worked in the policy space. So when we started, I, I started out when I was 15 teaching myself digital marketing, teaching myself coding. Um, my mom was a journalist, so I had some exposure to the news industry and, and how media worked. And I started selling it as a service to small businesses when I was in high school, um, you know, on a very small level, got started organically. And we grew and, and bootstrapped from there. Uh, and we've been really lucky, um, you know, since then to work with some great clients and, and build a great team here in New York City. And now I'm 28. <laughs> so I don't know if I can still keep using the youth entrepreneur thing, but, it, but it, it's worked for me for a while. I was going to say, and, that, <laughs> and, and, and you're young compared to the rest of us. So that's fair enough. All right. So tell me a little, how did you get your first client at 15? So when I was 15, obviously, um, you know, being, being a high school kid, I didn't have access to a lot of resources or a network of contacts. Um, I had no experience in business. And the internet, social media is what allowed me to start building the company, meeting people online remotely. Um, back then, you know, it was even pre-social media in, in some respects. And, and I was using tools like online forums uh, and classified websites to find small businesses that were looking for help with their digital marketing. Uh, I would put up ads every day before school on Craigslist for marketing services and then post them again at lunch and post them again at the end of the day after school. Um, and that was, that was kind of like our very basic lead generation system at the beginning to start connecting with people completely virtually through the internet. Um, because obviously I couldn't meet with anybody in person yet. 
Because then they would know that you were a minor. Then they might know that I was under 18, so, which right. nobody found out until I was 20. Well, that is awesome. And by then you were sort of legally able to sign a contract. So. There you go. All right. So talk to us a little bit about the types of clients you're working with now and some successes that you've had, because obviously you've got some incredible results. Sure. Um, so now we specialize. Since then, we've really niched down our focus because when I started the company uh, 13 years ago, we were a full service marketing agency. So we did SEO, uh, web design, PPC, content marketing, you name it, we did anything it. Anything that anybody uh, will write a check. Anything that anybody would buy, we would do it for you. Um, and a lot of times, by the way, I would commit to doing it and then go online and right. do it because that's how you start a business when you're an entrepreneur at 15. That was my first client as well. Um, exactly. So yes, this so, is how much it'll cost. Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. I got to go figure out how to do that now. Exactly. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. You bite off more than you can chew and then you learn how to chew very quickly. Yes. Uh, so since then, we've really niched down our focus, um, which we did about eight years ago. Um, and we really just started focusing on public relations because that's where we were creating the most value for our clients. Um, it was, it made the most business sense for us. And I really enjoyed the business because it, you're working in the media where, you know, every day is something different. It's very fast paced. It's an exciting business. Um, and we were able to make a really good difference for our clients. So we really started niching down and that allowed us to scale because then we started, uh, just having one service that we were selling to one or two or three target markets. And as you know, it becomes a lot easier than to start building a brand and, and marketing yourself and actually creating a system uh, for selling. So that, that kind of brings us to where we are today. We, we specialize in working with financial companies. So we work with investment firms, uh, brokerage firms, private equity, hedge funds. Uh, the other space that we work in is technology. So we work with a lot of software companies, especially in the B2B space, um, SaaS companies, CRM, cyber uh, cybersecurity, FinTech, MarTech, uh, that's a big space for us. Technology makes up about 60% of our clientele right now. Um, and then the third space that we're in is policy. So we work with um, governments and, and NGOs, uh, diplomats and, and politicians with managing their public relations and managing their media strategy. Awesome. All right. So what are some of the most common mistakes you see businesses making that want to get their business covered by the media? What are they screwing up? Yeah. So, so everybody wants media coverage, right? And the thing you have to remember is that PR is in a lot of ways different from its brothers and sisters in marketing in that when you do PR, you need to be less focused on selling a product and selling the features and benefits of, of whatever it is that you sell and more focused on telling a story. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs make a mistake is that they want to they wanna get publicity, but they want it to look like a sales brochure to their business. And it, it's very challenging to not surprisingly get a reporter from the Wall Street Journal, for example, or, or Fox News to write a story about your business just selling your product for you. Um, so what you need to do is you need to take a look, take a step back, look at your, your business, look at your, your brand and, and your story and figure out what's interesting here. Is there a story in maybe how we built the company? Um, you, know, you can Google me and, and you'll see that that's a, a tactic that we've used talking about you know, my unique backstory of how I started the company. Is there a unique difference that we're making in the community? Um, maybe there's even a, a special case study or a success story that we can tell about one of our clients. But you need to look for where's the story, what makes this interesting to readers, and how can we deliver value so that it's something that Forbes, for example, um, or the Sharkpreneur podcast will want to cover rather than just coming on and talking about your product for 30 minutes. Um, so telling a story is really important. Building relationships is really important. PR is still a relationship business. 
it's not the same as buying clicks on Facebook or on, on Instagram. You need to go out, you need to talk to reporters, you need to cultivate trust, um, and you need to provide them value. So if you can do those two things well, you can build a great story, and then you can cultivate the relationships that want to help you tell that story. That's the secret sauce, so to speak, for what we do for our clients. All right. That makes a lot of sense. So give us some examples, if you're allowed to disclose who your clients are, of mm-hmm. some recent wins. Yep. So I, I won't disclose specific names because we do manage, our, we manage PR for our clients. We have to be sensitive about what we put out in media. Sure. But I can we'll just uh, say ABC company that's in exactly Blue. exactly. So this week, for example, uh, while we're talking right now, the coronavirus is is a major breaking story. It's it's wall to wall coverage across every news outlet, um, and we've done quite a bit of press for all of our clients. One of them in particular is an investment firm uh, based here in New York City, and they happen to do a lot of business with China. And the coronavirus and and all of the quarantines and and the travel bans that go with it is going to. Uh, cause a significant impact on their industry, uh, on the investment business. So we, we did a story with a number of news outlets like Yahoo Finance, CNN, talking about what is the impact that coronavirus is going to have on, for example, investors who want to come invest in, in U.S. markets. What is the impact it's going to have on the stock market? Um, so that's a very timely story that provides value to anybody who might be reading CNN or, you know, going on to Yahoo finance. So to read about the market, it provides value and it's not just selling a message about the company, but at the same time, it, it positions that client as a thought leader in the investment space. Who's, who's keeping tabs on current events and is, is a thought leader on, you know, how is this going to impact the market? And if I'm an, an investor, this might be somebody I want to talk to who can manage my money during this type of situation. Sure. So you've got an awesome example about getting written about as a thought leader. You've got the yeah. ability of being on CNN or Yahoo Finance or wherever it was. Um, do you get in, and there's different kinds of PR, obviously, that we could talk about. So that's, it's, it's written in an article, mm-hmm. perhaps online. Do you do anything with getting people actually like interviews in, let's say, the Forbes magazine yeah. or on CNBC on TV as opposed yeah. to on the website? Yeah. Yeah. So PR is, PR is a big space. First of all, it's not even just media. A lot of people don't realize that PR is not just media. It's also how you communicate with the community or how you communicate with governments, um, crisis management. The area of PR that we specialize in is media relations. Uh, and that covers TV. It covers magazines. It covers print. It covers uh, podcasts, for example. So what we do with our clients is we put together a media strategy that helps them with uh, securing press coverage across all those different mediums based on their goal. Um, So we have clients in the financial space, for example, who go on CNBC on TV and they talk about the stock market. Um, You know, we have clients who get interviewed in Forbes magazine print. Um, But then we might also have some clients, for example, in the policy space who are doing an interview with maybe politico.com or the politico podcast. Um, a tech client might want to be featured on TechCrunch or Mashable. Um, so we span the, the entire spectrum of media, and it really does depend on figuring out what's the best strategy for a client's goals. Does it make more sense for us, for example, if, if we're a SaaS company, right, if we sell software, does it make more sense to go on TV and, you know, go on CNBC? And it could still be a relevant message, but it's more difficult maybe to track how many people are actually opting into your software, Versus maybe doing an article on CNBC.com where you can track the referral traffic. You can use marketing automation to see what that traffic is doing on your website. And you can get a concrete number in terms of how many people actually 
signed up for a free trial for a software? How many people actually purchased something? So it, it really depends on the goals of the client um, and how you're building their brand. That makes total sense. What do you like best about what you do? Uh, it's exciting because number one, every day is different. You know, it's, it's a very fast moving industry. Um, so you'll never be bored. Uh, but number two is that you, you get to be involved in a lot of the issues and, you know, the current events that are trending on any given day, you know, whether it's coronavirus today um, and being able to make a difference with providing some of our doctors or healthcare companies. And we're able to create content around helping people become more educated about coronavirus or, you know, whether it's a foreign policy issue or, or whatever the event of the day might be, being able to be involved in that and, you know, seeing a story on CNN, for example, that you helped make happen. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to make that kind of impact on, on a community. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about the team you've got behind you now. How many folks are working with you? Yep. What types of roles do they play? Yep. So we, we have a team of 20 people. Um, and the majority of the people on the team are media strategists. So they're working with our clients every day to figure out what should our messaging strategy be? Um, which media outlets does it make the most sense to take our message to, to get coverage? Um, and then obviously facilitating the outreach with the relationships that we have at Fox News, for example, or at the Wall Street Journal to get our clients in front of those reporters and create interviews. Um, we have a content team that does, you know, for example, content writing, graphic design, any kind of supplemental marketing that our clients may need to amplify media coverage that we secure for them. Uh, we have a team that does that. And then, of course, we have a business development team that, um, you know, is focused on our goals as a company and how do we continue growing our capabilities so we can serve more clients. Awesome. Now, we originally got connected because you have placed quite a few. You send us guests for a number of the podcasts we produce on a regular basis. Yeah. Which we greatly appreciate. So how do you, let's pretend I'm not a source for you. How do you go cultivate that relationship with a new source? How do you say yeah. build a relationship with somebody at the Wall Street Journal so that one day when you have a client that's right and you pitch them a story, they'll listen? Yep. So the number one thing you can think about when you want to build that relationship with any, like any relationship in business is how do I provide value, right? So learning about a reporter and what they like to cover, reading their content, seeing what their coverage areas are. And then for you as a thought leader, let's say I'm an expert on uh, you know, the stock market. And this is a reporter at, at Yahoo Finance who covers the area of the stock market that I work in. How do I create some kind of value for this reporter that helps them do their job? So if something's going on and, and you see this reporter tweeting about something they're covering, maybe you tweet back and you, you share some insight and some commentary about it that might be helpful to them in an article, maybe even, even leads to you getting quoted in an article. But look at how do I create some kind of value and, and give them content that's going to be useful before you start looking at, well, how do I get some kind of coverage? How do I get them to write about me? Focus on, on providing that value and focus on connecting by you know, following them on Twitter. Twitter is a major platform for reporters. There's a lot of people that don't use Twitter anymore, and maybe you prefer Instagram or you prefer, um, I guess maybe there are some people that still prefer Facebook. I don't know. But Twitter, a lot of people don't realize outside of media, is still the most consequential social media platform for the media industry. Um, that's the platform where the media is. So if you're looking to connect with reporters, Twitter is a very good place to do that. Follow the people who are covering your space retweet their content, share their content, provide commentary, and look at how you can be of service for when they are looking to cover something that's going on, how you can provide that insight just by reaching out. Don't be afraid to send them a tweet or a DM. 
um, you know, it's very easy to find people's email addresses. So you could use LinkedIn or one of the hundreds of tools that are out there and send them a cold email. Um, and as long as that email is something that's valuable and it's not just you trying to sell them something, a lot of times you'll end up building a relationship that way. It may take some uh, consistency and, and persistence and some follow-up, um, but that's how you want to build that foundation for a relationship with media rather than just blasting out press releases to 100 people at a time. Sure. So that segues into my next question. In the olden days, yep. that was the way that everybody faxed press releases and there yep. was a giant bin in the newsroom um, filled with things that came over the wire, things that got faxed in. You mentioned yep. Twitter as a primary method of communication. What other ways are you finding working well for getting your clients the right reporter's attention besides Twitter that you already mentioned? You know, Twitter and email honestly work the best. Um, there are some reporters now who also use apps like Signal, um, where they kind of create a channel where people can send them tips on news, even anonymous tips, and it kind of protects their sources. Um, but honestly, Twitter and, and email still are the most effective channels that you can be using. Um, when I started, when I, when I was 15, I landed my first uh, press placement at 15, and it was for myself. And I faxed a press release to a reporter, and that ended, that ended up uh, you know, leading to them to call me back. Um, and it led to an interview. And it's changed a lot since then. It was fax, and then it was pitching by phone, and, and, and now it's pitching by email. And email is still the best non-intrusive way um, to be able to reach reporters where you can put a concise and valuable piece of content in front of them. They'll open it and read it. Um, and you're not going to, you know, most likely, as long as you're doing it in a way that's professional, you're not going to get blocked or blacklisted the same way that you would if you try calling them while they're eating lunch or, you know, they're at home with their family. Um, so email is still a very good method. We, we do, I would say, 80% of our pitching still initially through email. Um, and, and, you know, Twitter and uh, phone calls are a good way to kind of supplement that to kind of help things along if you need to. Um, but still, you know, pay a lot of attention to email and, and how you can create good content that you share with people. Avoid sending attachments because, you know, one of the attachments, mass emails, those are the types of things that will get you blocked. <laughs> All right. Great tips for our fo entrepreneurial business owner folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more about how they can use Fifth Avenue brands to help get them publicity and attention for their business. What's the best place for them to go? Where should they, how should they connect with you? Sure. So they can go to fifthavenuebrands.com uh, and they can reach us through there. They can also send me an email directly if they want. Um, I could give my email here, but it's so long. Nobody's going to catch it. So I can message it to you and, and you can put it in the show notes. We will put it um, but it's Lorenzen at fifthavenuebrands.com. So feel free to reach out. And um, yeah, we're, we're happy to talk to We love talking to whether it's a startup or an enterprise business or something in the middle. You know, we have clients at every end of the spectrum and we're happy to just jump on a call and even just give you some ideas and insights on what a media strategy should look like. All right. Richard Lorenzen, Fifth Avenue Brands. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. 
This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.